0: Hey everybody, I'm Chris Pahalchuk bringing the message today. And uh, it's funny that, um, you know, the COVID 19 stay home Minnesota, all that stuff is changing our lives. And uh, but it seems like, you know, there's new things happening. We all know how to use Zoom now, and uh, we got big plans for the future. And uh, also, uh, it seems like we 've had like a makeshift kind of series here for church services that uh, i 'm just going to call it the covid nineteen uh, series and you know a couple of weeks ago we had Dave sharing about our response to just some of the rage and the controversy and and the and the news uh, just to be that of humility and god we 're going to work of humility in each of our hearts and last week, Matt talked about changes of plans and um, uh, the, from the book of James and just accepting um, embracing change sometimes. Today um, I'm going to throw at you a bunch of stuff, a bunch of pasta against the wall and just see what sticks with you um, when it comes to just some encouraging things about when uh, crisis does come to the real world and to our everyday lives. Um, So this message is called Faithfulness and Fruitfulness in Times of Crisis. Isn't that a really boring title? It just is. I call it my sound doctrine title. You know, it just sounds so clean and whatever, but kind of boring. And I'm not saying that sound doctrine is boring. I'm just saying that that kind of phrase is boring. And you know what I mean. Okay, so we're going to talk about faithfulness and fruitfulness in the times of crisis. The first one we're going to look at is the Babylonian exile. Now that kind of seems like a little bit boring as well too, but this is from the Old Testament and it's a time where that was for major crisis for God's people in Israel. And it was a controversial time in that time as well. And what was going on is that um, the people had been taken from their homes, taken from their nation and brought into Babylon. And, um, you know, a lot of our Old Testament deals with this content and Actually, this is the context of perhaps one of your favorite Bible verses and perhaps your life verse. And I don't want to ruin your life verse today because it's a really good verse. Um, but I want to look at the context of that for us. All right. I want to just read what potentially your life verse is. Do you want to guess what your life verse is? It could be Jeremiah chapter 29 in verse 11, uh, which says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's a great verse. What's interesting is that in the context of the crisis that God was promising a future and a hope to his people, um, that the hope was actually 70 years away. Now, I'm not a doomsday prophet. I'm not saying that... COVID-19, we're staying in our homes for the next 70 years, you know? It's just that sometimes we don't know how things are going to go, and sometimes our worlds are changed, and sometimes things are changed forever. In fact, in this context, in the, the exile was 70 years, and there was this other false prophet. It's kind of like what we see right now with the media wars. There's other false prophets like, no way, we're coming back in two years, you know? And and uh, Jeremiah's like, no, actually, we're not. And, and uh, you know, there's more to that story in Chapter 28 of Jeremiah. And if you're looking for some entertainment, almost WWF wrestling type of promos, look at Jeremiah Chapter 28, Prophet versus False Prophet. It's the main event, and it's awesome. Anyway... So what's going on here is that there's um, the prophet Jeremiah is saying, here's what God's word is. Don't get all amped up and rage in this situation. He says this in Jeremiah chapter 29. He says this to the people that are in Babylon. He sends this letter and says to them, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, I don't know what you want to take from this. Don't take the 70 years thing. Don't get all discouraged that way. But maybe it's this, is that sometimes when real world crisis hits, is that sometimes we are to focus our mission a bit differently and bring different things to mind. So here's some things I'm going to throw at you in this case. And that is build houses, settle downs, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. What's the prophet saying to God's people? It's like, it's the long term. Like put down roots, literally put down roots. And also the emphasis on building houses and living there, planting gardens and eating. I think there's some more Jewish stuff in there too for God's people that, you know, Their home is a place where they could live according to the law of Moses, the Torah. And eating from their garden was ways that they could eat the proper diet that they were supposed to eat as the covenant people of God in the Old Testament. So to me, that says, well, maybe that's another thing is to think about living sacred lives. Or the word that I've used in the boring title of this message is faithfulness. What we're going to see in each of these examples of crisis is that the common denominator is Faithfulness, and then God produces some surprising fruit out of the situation. Um, here's another one. Uh, well, he says like um, keep marrying, having kids, be fruitful and multiply. Like that's going on. Don't decrease in number. There. Um, here's a good one. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. So where you are, like seek the peace. That doesn't mean just the absence of war. That's shalom. I just love saying that name. I feel really spiritual when I do. Shalom. And what is shalom? Shalom is when everything is as it should be. Vibrant, healthy, bountiful. Respond to things that that's what is being promoted in the communities and societies that that we're in, even though we're locked in our own houses. How about this one? Uh, Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. All right. What's our second, our second crisis that hit God's people? Well, number two, this is uh, all the way now in the New Testament. And we know that Jesus told his first followers, he's like this, your job is to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, Jerusalem. pretend that's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See that? Can you see that map? It's backwards to you, but it. The right way to me. Anyway, Jesus said you're to be my witnesses. Do you know? I'm sure you do because you're Bethany Church. You know that the primary activity of Christians from the very beginning is going into culture, society, the known world, proclaiming that there is one true Lord in the world, the Lord Jesus, that there's one King. That is worthy of all of our allegiance and loyalty and love and lives. That's what Christians have always been about. That's the number one activity that Christians have been known for and that they do more than anything else. And a crisis doesn't stop that. A crisis turns a corner and gives us new opportunity to be that. And it's not always fun. Do you think it was fun for the people of Israel to have to be dragged to Babylon to start new lives against their will, away from the temple in Jerusalem and all of that. Well, here's a story now for the followers of Jesus, the people of God, and how Stephen's death affected it. So you can read all about Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and 7 and where he comes from and situation. But basically, he's the first Christian martyr, first one to lose his life, for bearing witness to Jesus as the true king of Israel and the world. And what happens is, if we look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, on that day, the day that Stephen was killed, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. See that witness, that witness growing from Jerusalem? The apostles stay in Jerusalem, but the rest of the everyday people, like you and me, they were pushed out by this circumstance, by this crisis, kind of running for their lives. Well, we know it's the, they're running for their lives because the later verse, which I'm not going to talk about here, is that they are being dragged to prison. And the one who would become the Apostle Paul was the chief guy in doing that. Anyway, they're pushed into the rest of the known world. All right? Just three verses later, they're mentioned again. Those who were scattered all over the place announced... Oh, sorry. Those who were scattered went all over the place announcing the word. That's the good news about Jesus. Philip went off to a town in Samaria and announced the Messiah to them. There you see the growth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And Philip, and we have the stories of him, Here's what's real. one cool story about Philip is that because of Stephen's death, he's pushed out of Jerusalem into Samaria, and then he has this altercation with Simon the sorcerer from Samaria. You know, a lot of alliteration right there. But anyway, it's supposed to be like... And he was the guy that people looked to as kind of um, having the divine powers and things like that. And Philip goes there, and Simon ends up getting converted. And the people actually cling on every word that philip says because of the good news about jesus and the signs and wonders that were being worked if stephen doesn't die does that happen who cares about questions like that the fact is is that through crisis that did happen so how much in our lives when things change unexpectedly and they're even uncomfortable and not our first choice that god can produce awesome things right do you believe that i believe that I know Ken and Laura Krause believe that. You know how I believe that? Because of Ken's story he told about being woke. Is this okay to share on live? It was at our congregational meeting. It's okay. Don't worry. I I think I can trust Ken. Anyway, um, Ken, you mentioned, hi, you mentioned that uh, on the Good Friday, the Lord gave you a dream. You woke up, and um, you believe that on Easter Sunday, you were to have a drive-in, legal, police-approved, drive in easter sunday service that opportunity doesn't happen unless COVID 19 is trending because everyone's going to be at their own churches but then you have this thing where people from a bunch of different churches and other people all get together and then you know what the bad news about this it's like crisis upon crisis it snowed that's no good for easter sunday lord what are you doing to us snow on easter sunday i think that's even better Because, you know, when something like that happens, you all feel like you're in on it together. Like we're all going through this very unique, strange circumstance, singing Kumbaya. No, it's more than Kumbaya. It's can have the opportunity to preach the gospel. And people can rejoice in that, be built up by that, and maybe even have their hearts turned to the Lord by that. That just sounds a lot better to me than a helicopter filled with plastic eggs and the Easter bunny coming to your church. I just think it's way better. And I think God does too, but his thoughts are my, higher than my thoughts. Okay, let's go. Now, later in the book of Acts, it's mentioned again. This is uh, what? Number of chapters later, Acts chapter 11 now. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, see, there's our thing, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. So you have these everyday Jewish Christians going into the world. And what did they do when they moved? It's like, oh, good. We moved. That Saul guy can't get us and drag us off to prison with his letters. You know, we are saved now. We can just relax. Let's sip some lemonade because we know we're going to heaven when we die. No, no. What did they do on their way? Frantically getting out of there, going to these different places, trying to find somewhere to stay and live. They're proclaiming that there's a true king. That Caesar is just a parody of one true Lord, and His name is Jesus, and He summons us to surrender our lives before Him and live in allegiance to His name only. That's good stuff. I wish I was a Christian like that. But sometimes we need some crisis in there to just get us to be Christians like that. That was a good encouraging thing I just did. Not a, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and then here's the the last. The Lord's hand, oh no, Um, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The hand, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Isn't that cool? The Lord's hand is with them in the midst of crisis, causing people's lives to be changed forever, causing the kingdom of God to be witnessed to. And to be received. This is changing the world. This is the real stuff. This is when world history changes. And it's because of a crisis. All right. Uh, That's enough on that one. Number three. Emperor Claudius' edict. Man, now we sound like we're in some sort of classroom. But anyway, what's going on here? You might think, this isn't in my Bible. This is not sound doctrine. Your title of this message lied. No, this actually is sound doctrine. And it's in your Bible. So in the late 40s AD, Emperor Claudius said all the Jewish people need to get out of the city of Rome. Now why? The thought is is that actually Jewish Christian witness in Rome, the, anti-Jew, the anti-Christian Jewish backlash from that caused a lot of confusion and chaos in the city where Claudius is like, I just want all the Jewish people out of here. That happened in late 40s Um, AD, and then when the next emperor came in, Nero, that's a story for another time, he welcomed the the Jewish people back into Rome. And that's why the book of Romans is written. Why Paul wrote the letter to the Romans is all about the Jewish people, Jewish Christians coming back to Rome, the Gentile Christians kind of have their place there, and now he's saying, no, two different cultures in Christ, you got to get along so your light can shine. That's the point. So anyway, uh, but where is this mentioned in the Bible? Acts chapter 18, verse 1. Now this is from Acts. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Wow, another crisis that's doing crazy awesome stuff. But what happened? Paul meets some of his closest, most intimate co-workers, colleagues in the gospel because they were a part of being removed from uh, Rome. Paul went to see them because he was a tent maker as they were. He stayed and worked with them. That's just some cool down to earth stuff. Okay, number four, the last one. A very difficult time in Corinth. All right. What's going on? We have no clue. (laughs) That's actually what it is. In Corinth, we don't know what's going on, what this difficult time is. But the Apostle Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 7. Just at the moment, we are in the middle of a very difficult time. And it's best for people to remain as they are. Now, here's where it's a little bit different from Jeremiah back in the Old Testament. It's a different circumstance, a different difficult time. But it results in 1 Corinthians 7. uh, Paul talks about if you're not married, don't get married. You know, if you're married, you know, something's got to change for a bit because of this difficult circumstance. So remember in Jeremiah 29, it's like, get married, be fruitful, multiply, get your dream house, plant your garden, go to the Home Depot, get it. You know, it's all that stuff. Here it's like, no. And he puts it like this The present situation won't last long for the moment. Let those who have wives live as though they weren't married. That doesn't mean unfaithfully, that means that. There needs to be a focus that's like, you know what? That's not the most important thing right now. We need to be faithful to our calling in the midst of this difficult time. Those who weep as though they're not weeping. It's like you're going through difficult times yourself personally. It's time to put that on the back burner for now because there's a difficult time that we need to put all of our efforts focusing on. We can worry about that weeping later. What's another one? Those um, who celebrate as though they were not celebrating. Happy birthday to you, COVID-19. Trending birthday people? How about weddings? Those kind of things. We can maybe relate to this a little bit. Those who oh, you uh, those who buy toilet paper, No, that's not what the Bible says. Maybe that's in the Greek somewhere. But those who buy as though they had no possessions, those who use the world as though they were not making use of it. The pattern of this world you see is passing away. Paul's saying there's a momentary crisis that's really changing things, and he says this, I want you to be free from worries. That's his point. So sometimes crisis helps us to become more focused. Let's close right here. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. So I just gave you a lot. I don't know what pieces of sticky pasta stuck to your wall. But there's a bunch of stuff here. You work through it. Work it through with your life group on Zoom and do all this stuff. But here's the final one. And um, Paul writes this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keep alert in it with thanksgiving. While you're about it, pray for us too. That God will open in front of us a door for the word. That we may speak the mystery of the king. Crisis is a door, all through the scriptures. And it's our job, like, humble ourselves, embrace the change of plans, and then deliberately be faithful in the way that the time calls for. And God will bear the fruit. So that we may speak the mystery of the king, which is why I'm here in chains. This is my favorite part. Pray that I may speak clearly about it. Sometimes we were not the witnesses that we want to be because we feel like we can't speak clearly about it. like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Am I good? You know what? Here's the thing. The preacher, the speaker, the podcaster, the author, the evangelist, the missionary, the people that you look to and admire and say, I wish I could communicate uh, God's word like that. Then everybody would get saved. You're never going to be that person. You're going to glean from them, but you've got to learn your groove. And COVID-19 can be an awesome, awesome time when just deep diving into, okay, what does it mean for me to share the gospel? All right. Behave wisely towards outsiders. Buy up every opportunity. There there are no outsiders right now because we're all inside. Anyway, um, but preach the gospel in and out of season, in and outside. See what I just did there? Okay. Buy up every opportunity. When you speak, make sure it's always full of grace. There's a good start. Well flavored with salt. Ooh, yummy. That way you'll know how to give each person an appropriate answer. So here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. Embrace the crisis, be faithful to God, focus in on this time for whatever it's going to be different for each one of us and then trust God that as we turn corners and we're pushed this way and that way and whatever it is that God is going to birth new fruit from your life, my life, Bethany Church and beyond. And isn't that exciting? And all we have to do is embrace it and be faithful and deliberate about it. God bless you. Let me pray as I worship. As I worship the music team, no, as the music team comes up to prepare for our last few songs. Let's pray. God, thank you for crisis. Lord, I can't even believe I'm praying that because I don't like that. I don't like things that are difficult and all that. But Lord, help us as your people to realize that we are in the here and now, that it's not shalom. It's not everything as it should be. But help us to be peacemakers. Help us to be the people that are the salt of the earth. Help us to speak your gospel clearly. Help us to live in that same tradition from the very beginning that we go from place to place. Proclaiming that there's one true king, one Lord, and his name is Jesus. And that we are to offer our lives as living sacrifices to him. Father, thank you that you've empowered us for that. Help us to receive the encouragement, the equipping, the understanding that we need to be faithful in times of crisis. Thank you for these opportunities. Lord, I can't wait to see what happens in my life and in other people's lives and in Bethany Church. We offer it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.